Welcome to episode 275 of Greater Than Code. I'm Damian Burke, and I'm here with John Sowers. Thanks, Damian. And I'm here with Casey Watts. Hi, I'm Casey. And we're all here with our guest today, Nyota Gordon. Nyota is a technologist in cybersecurity and Army retiree with over 22 years of active federal leadership service. She is the founder, developer, and all-around do-gooder at Transition 365, a cyber resiliency training firm that thrives at the intersection of cybersecurity and employee wellness. Welcome, Nyota. So glad to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you. Yay. All right. Our first question, we warned you about this. What is your superpower and how did you acquire it? My superpower is to hear and pull out people's ideas and make them more clear, more actionable, and more profitable. Ooh. Yes, one of my friends told me that. And how did I get it? I'm a words person, so I listen to what people say, but I also listen to what they don't say. What they don't say? Yeah. Can you think of an example? Like that, like like when you did that quiet thing you just did, <sighs> I yeah. saw that mind blown emoji because there's a lot in unspoken, right? There's a lot in body language. There's a lot in silence. Uh, when the silence happens, there's a lot when someone changes the topic, like that stuff is a lot. <laughs> so I, I listen and I, and I acknowledge all of that. So maybe we all hear it or don't hear it depending on how you're processing what I'm saying, but we don't always acknowledge it and, and respect it in other people. You have to listen to the notes he's not playing. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever have an experience where things that are not said do not want to be heard? Absolutely. But that's part of acknowledging, you know, and, and so you can tell when people are like, I do not want to talk about that. And so then I would do a gentle topic change <laughs> and not a hard left all the time because you don't want to make it all the way weird, but it may be like, oh, okay. So you were talking about your hair, like you were saying something about your hair there. So, you know, it, I, I try to be very um, mindful because um, I will get in your business. Like I will ask you a million questions. I have, I'm very inquisitive and maybe that's, you know, one of my superpowers too, but, but I'm also aware, you know. I'm, and I'm and I feel like I'm respectful of people's space most times. <laughs> I really like that in people when people notice a lot about me and they can call it out. I grew as a kid, my family would call me blunt, not necessarily in a bad way, but like I would just say whatever I'm thinking, and not everyone likes it right away. But I really appreciate that kind of transparency and honesty, especially if I trust the person. That helps a lot too. I was just saying that to my mom, actually. I was like, you know, mom, I feel like I need a different quality of friend. And what I mean by that is like, my friends just let me wild out. Like I ask them anything, I say anything, but they don't like kind of like check me. Like they're like, well, is that right, Nyota? Like, tell me why are you saying it like that? And the, But they just let me be like, ah, and I'm like, mom, I need to be checked. Like I need a hard check sometimes. So now, like now you're just letting me run wild. So now I'm just seeing how wild I can get. <laughs> so sometimes I just want like a, maybe like a little heart, like a little check, like a little, little body check every now and then. So, but I try to be mindful when it comes to other people though. The check I want is not always the check that other people want. <laughs> right, right. What is it like when you're being checked? What happens? It's hard to come by these days, so I'm not really sure. Um, <laughs> when I'm getting my own, but like I'll ask a question. Like I'll just kind of ask a question like, well, is that true? Like, you know, people are like, you know, this world is falling apart. And you know how people are in because we are in a in a shaky space right now. And I'm like, but is that absolutely true for your life? Right? Like, how is everything really like infecting, impacting? you know, what are you being exposed to in your own life? So like, as we have the conversation about COVID, COVID was one of my best years, you know, as far as like learning about myself, connecting with people better and more um, 
intimately than I ever really have before. And we're talking virtually. And so, you know, things are going on in the world, but is it going on personally? Like, or are you just watching the news and like repeating what other people are saying? That's such a fascinating, like, thing to do to interrupt that cycle of someone who's just sort of riding along with you know, something I heard, or if they're just getting caught up in the narrative that everything's going to hell and, and like the world is in a terrible place. And certainly there is terrible, there are terrible things going on, but like that's, that's such a great question to ask because it's not saying there's nothing bad going on. You're not trying to be toxically positive, but you're saying let's, let's get a, a clear view of that and, and look at how, what's actually in your life right now. That part that part because people are like nobody's looking for crazy Pollyanna but sometimes people do need to you know kind of get back to like are we talking about you or are we talking about someone else that's such a great way of framing it are we talking about you or are we talking about someone else yeah it reminds me of boundaries a boundary like literally the definition of who I am and who I care about might include my family my partner you know mm-hmm. me is I don't know, it's like maybe a gradient, even. <laughs> we can draw the boundary somewhere on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we also get to even speak about even more than boundaries about like, is it in harmony, right? Because I feel like there are going to be some levels that are like, you know, big, like, you know, my feelings are heard or I'm feeling like I just need to be by myself. But then there are like these little supporting roles of what that is. So I think it's a, you know, as you see, like some parts are up and some parts are down because sometimes when it comes to boundaries, it's a little um, challenging because sometimes there has to be this give and take and your boundaries get to be a little bit more fluid when they have to engage with other people. (laughs) Like, those darn other people <laughs> but being but being conscientious and aware of how you do that it, it's a big planet uh with a lot of people on it and if you go looking for tragedy we're very well connected we can find it all and you can internalize as much of it as you can take and that's bad that is an unpleasant experience yeah. um and that, that's not to say that it's not happening out there and that's not to say that it's it's not you know tragic but you get to decide if it's happening to you or not. Right. And that's separate from things that are directly in our physical space, our locus of control, our inside of, of the boundaries that we set with ourselves, our loved ones, et cetera. Because it's so easy to, you know, I, I, I say this sometimes, um, you know, uh, guilt is a hell of a drug, right? Because sometimes people are addicted to guilt, addicted to trauma, addicted to a good time, right? And not even thinking of all the things that comes with those different levels of addiction. And so, you know, I think we get fed into this news and this like narrative, like we're speaking of earlier of, you know, everything's bad. This is a terrible place. Everyone's, you know, going to hell, like whatever the narrative is, the the flavor of the moment. And there's so many other things, like it's a whole world, like you said, it's a whole world. And I think the world is kind of exactly like what we're looking for. Like when I was in the military, every town is exactly what you need it to be. (laughs) Because if you're looking for the club, you're looking for the the party people in little small town, like every, like you're, but I could tell you where every library was. Don't call me nerdy because I am, but I don't care. All right. I could tell you where every library was. I could tell you where every place to eat. Like I could tell you all of those things, but then you'll ask me like, where's the club? And I was like, there's a club here. Like, you know, because that's not like, that's not what I'm looking for. That's not the experience that I'm looking for. So I would, I would dare say every place is exactly, you know, what you're looking for, what you want it, what you need it to be. We're talking about the news a little bit here. And that reminds me of social media, like the addiction to news, the addiction to social media. In a way, it is an addiction. Like you keep, you keep going to it when you're bored, you just reach for it. That's the stimulus is your dopamine. And I think of both of those news and social media as a cheap form of being connected to other humans, like a bad, bad, low quality, not a deep connection kind of thing. But what we all 
would thrive if we had more of is more connections to others, which like community, like authentic relationships with people. But that's harder. Even if I, even if you know that and you say that's your goal, it takes more work to do that than to pick up the Facebook app on your phone. I deleted it from my phone uh, six months ago, and I've been happier for it. <laughs> like delete, delete, like delete. Yeah. Like- well, it's on my iPad in case I have to post like a shirt design to a Facebook group. Like I'm not gone, gone, but I'm basically gone. And now that I don't interact on it, it's boring. I don't post anything. I don't get any likes. I don't even want to like anyone's post. And they'll say, oh, you're on it. I don't do anything. <laughs> like once, once every three months, I'll post a design. Is that for every social media channel? I'm still on Twitter. Twitter. I'm still Twitter. on Twitter and LinkedIn, kind of for business reasons. Mm-hmm. But if I could drop them, I think I would too. Did you say if you could? If I could drop them and not have like the business repercussions. Mm. This sounds like a great idea to make more profitable. <laughs> I'm thinking, does a lot of your business come from, I feel like LinkedIn is social, but it's- yeah, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't say that I get new business from these necessarily, mm-hmm. but I do end up with clients and potential clients and people I talked to before saying, "Oh, I saw that thing, and now now that I saw you wrote a blog post about doing surveys for an engineering org, now I want to talk to you." Mm, okay, like, that is pretty valuable. And when I'm writing something like a blog post, I want to put that somewhere. But anyway, I am happier that I'm off of Facebook and Instagram, which I wasn't getting as much value out of. Other than like connection to people, the shallow connection to people. And I've st- instead, I switched to messaging people. I have text message threads and group chats in those. And those are much more intimate, much more stuff being shared, more connection to those individuals. I agree with that. Uh, what about you, John? Like, how, what is your relationship with social media right now? So I've always been sort of arm's length with Facebook. So it's been just like, eh, I check in every week, maybe just sort of see. I scroll until I lose interest, which is like 10 minutes at the most. And then that those are my updates. That's all I see. And then like occasionally I'll post a meme or something. I don't really do a lot there. And usually I keep it around just for, you know, the people that I'm in touch with that are only on Facebook and I only really have that connection to them. But you bring up an interesting point about sort of, there's a positive and a negative to being able to filter your social media. Like for example, like Reddit and Twitter, like you only see the stuff for people you're following and, or the subreddits that you're subscribed to. So you can very much customize that experience into something that isn't full of most of the crap people experience on, on Twitter or Reddit. And so there's that positive there is because you can craft a world that's maybe it's all kitten pictures, maybe whatever, and, and posts about programming, whatever it is. But like you do have the problem of filter bubbles so that if you are in something that's a little bit more controversial, you do end up with that sort of echo chamber effect and lots of people jumping in. Or if you're in a sub that's interesting to you, that's also very contentious and the thre- the threads go off the rails all the time. But you can control that. You can see like, well, no, get it out of here. I don't, ne- I don't need to deal with that static. And so I rely on that a lot to sort of focus in on what I'm using it for, whether it's keeping up with specific friends or specific topics and then trying to filter out as much of the things I don't want as possible. Is Facebook your only social media channel? Uh, no, I'm not, I'm on Twitter. I don't usually post a lot. Usually just retweet stuff and, uh, and Reddit. That's kind of lame a little bit. I'm not saying, I'm just saying that your social media choices, <laughs> right? Wow. But I think you're right though. Like I'm a lot better off for it because I did find myself going down a social media rabbit. Like I, it was easy for me to cut off the news. I actually stopped watching the news in like 2007 when I became an officer. They mm. were like, as an officer, you have to watch the news. You have to be aware of what's going on in the world. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I walked away from that lady and I was like, I'm not watching the news anymore mm. because I felt like she was trying to trick me in some kind of way. But you, you get what you need. Like if it's something that I need to know, it comes to me, you know, it, it comes to me. Like, believe me, it, it'll, it'll come to you. And I just went, she was a little bit too adamant about what I needed and how the news was a part of it. It just felt a little not right. And so I actually stopped. The news is a very specific thing. Like that word, the news, um, like, is anything new about it? <laughs> the news is a, is a group of organizations, a group of media organizations that are all very much alike. 
The Economist, the New York Times, the Washington Post, the LA Times, the Chicago Tribune, uh, NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox News, MSNBC. These are all organizations that operate the same. They cover the same things and they do them in, in largely the same way with, with uh, along, of course, some political partisan differences. But it's not, it's not new. And for uh, most people, it does not serve them or inform them. Yeah. It's very divisive. I used to get my news from Jay Leno. <laughs> that was better than CNN and more and funnier too. That part. <laughs> I think it's just interesting how it's such a whole world with a whole bunch of people with the with various levels of experiencing, you know, bumping into each other and like you're saying this is what everyone's reporting on. Like nothing else happens. Nothing good happened anywhere else. Yeah. Nothing. See, that's not true. Like <laughs> that's not that's that can't be that can't be real for me. And so I, I can't I, I I'm not going to be able to include that in where I spend my time. Yeah, I used to have NPR on in the car whenever I was in the car. I was like, oh, it'll keep me informed, blah blah blah. But eventually, I was like, you know what? They still talk about the same crap. They're just from perspective, I agree with slightly more, but like even when they do human interest stuff or stuff that isn't about like a war or some sort of crisis in Washington, it's still like so negatively biased. Like even the stuff that's theoretically positive, it still has this weird, like you should be concerned about this vibe to it. And eventually I was realizing that was like, that's just, there's no room for that in my life. Yeah. We, we talk about how harmful Facebook is to, society and, and individuals. Uh, but this is not, this is not again, new, <laughs> uh, Facebook optimizes for engagement, which causes harm as a byproduct. Uh, it's the AIification of what media has been doing ever since there has been mass media. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause if there was a moment in there, so I even got on social media because I was always gone, right? I lived wherever I lived while I was in the military. And so it was a way to, you know, let my family know, okay, I'm here. Look, I ate this, right? Like, like all of those things. So there was a part where Facebook made like a drastic turn on my feed. And I was like, oh, this is so bad. And I was like, okay, wait, 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 who's bad? Who is this coming from? So I cleaned up my whole, you know, Facebook feed. And then it became a happy place again. And then, mm. it, and then now where it is, it's a place where it's only like seven people out of the thousand Facebook friends I have. I was like, okay, well, that's not it either. Like, that's not it. So it's just interesting how, you know, how the, how AI has such a, a impact of what we listen to or what we talk about. So now it's these days I'm like, uh, new shoes, new shoes, new shoes, because I want my, I want that to come up on my, I don't even, you know what I'm saying? Because I know that you're listening. So I'll get it later. So now I almost treat it like, you know, an administrative assistant. So I can <laughs> look it up later. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Please target some ads around shoes to me. Yeah, I did, yeah, because they're listening. And it works, doesn't it? I yes. know. I know it works. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it, that still blows some people's minds. Yeah. If you could say the name of a product, yeah, and you'll see it the next day. If you have your ads on, it's listening. And your phone is listening. Everyone's yes. phone is listening. Yes. Yes. Because you're like, you're looking at something like, um, I don't even really listen to the, the music. What is it? Um, Spotify. And then it's like, you're listening to Spotify, but why is my mic on? You want to hear me sing the song? Like, why does my mic have to be on? Like, I don't understand that part. Like, why? They're like, oh, she has a great voice on her. Like, is that why you're like, why are you listening? I don't understand that part. So I don't know. There's the deal coming your way. <laughs> Come on, let's go. Like, I assume the public reason for it is so that you can do like voice searches and like, hey, play me some more Rebecca Black or whatever. Um, but who knows? Like, what else they're doing with it once you've got it turned on? Right? It could be whatever. <laughs> Actually, listening in on on people is not the technically most effective way of getting those results, right? If you say the name, if you say the brand name of a shoe, it's probably because the people around you are talking about it. And what did they search on Google? Well, you know, what ads have they seen? And it's easier to say, "Oh, you're in the room with these people who are interested in these things," or "You're in conversation with these people who are interested in these things." Let me show you these things um, without 
you know, combing through massive amounts of audio data. Yeah, both are possible, and that one's easier. I'm sure they both happen. <laughs> and at what frequency? That's hard hard to study from the outside. But we know it's all possible, and we know it's happening. If, if this is news to anyone listening, you can look this up. There's a million articles about it, and they explain like why and how, and some people did some like empirical tests, and I don't have any handy, but I've read it over and over and over on the internet. And the internet's always right, you know. Uh, that's, <laughs> what I, that's what I heard. <laughs> And not from the news. <laughs> I have these Google Home minis in my house, and all of them, the mics are off. So if ever the power cable gets jiggled, it says, just so you know, the mic's off. And I have to say it for a really long time. This is a very long recorded message so that you'll want to turn your mic back on. And it says that. Can you believe it? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not the actual text of the message, right? <laughs> I have to check. <laughs> You know, these little home speakers are, are cool in all the worst ways, but the best ways too. So like uh, my Alexa, you know, I'll be asking her whatever. And then I'll say, thank you, Alexa. And she'll say, you're very, 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 very welcome. Like she's singing. Yes. <laughs> wow. You people have corporate spying devices in your, in your homes. Unbelievable. But you have one too. It's just your phone. So we all have them. Yeah, she promises me she doesn't listen unless I ask. That's what mine said. <laughs> mine said it. <laughs> I don't trust them either. I don't even trust that the mic off necessarily works. Part of me is tempted to go in and solder the mic off. I never want the speakers to have the mic. I will not use that feature at my house, but yeah. but I do want speakers in every room enough that I'm willing mm. to take the risk of the switch not working. Yeah, at this point, I think I just big brothers watching so or at least listening <laughs> big brother be like oh i need to turn that off she's talking about them. <laughs> big brother will blush over here <laughs> i want to go back to something i was thinking on the news sometimes i hear or i know about things in the world because you know i'm someone who's in the world sometimes and the topics i want to hear in the news don't always come up like uh, DC ranked choice voting is happening and there was eventually an article about it and another article. I wrote one eventually. Anyone can be a freelance journalist. So if the news isn't covering stuff you want it to, I like that. you can literally write the news too. Mm. They might even pay you for it. <laughs> you can write the news too. Say it again, Casey. You can write the news too. There's a really cool freelance journalism guide that I'll put in the show notes that by uh, someone in DC, Chelsea, Ceruzo, I think. I didn't pronounce check that. But she wrote an awesome guide. And it led me to getting uh, an article published in Greater Greater Washington, a DC publication about ranked choice voting. So I was like, why is no one talking about this? It's like happening here. It's a big problem. Uh, so I wrote about it. Other people write about it too, and they have since then. But you, know, you can be the change you want in the world. You can. Journalism is not as guarded and gated as it might seem. That's so interesting. Because it's like, I think... What's interesting is like, we know that, like, we know that we can contribute. We know that we can write, but then you're like, wait, I can contribute. I can write. So I think mm -hmm. that's, thank you for that reminder. Yeah. But the how is hard and without a guide like Chelsea's, I'm not sure I would have broken in to do it. I needed her to go through and tell me this is the process. Here's the person in the org and what they do and what they expect and how you can make it easy for them. And you need the pitch to have this and that it has to be timely and like, Oh, it made sense. I'm like, oh, sure, sure, sure. But I couldn't have come up with that on my own. Mm -hmm. No way. But she bundled it together like that. Yeah. I would have never imagined that's a thing you can do because like that's an entire degree program. That's a postgraduate degree program if you'd like. And I see people who've been doing this for 20 years and do it poorly. And they seem like smart people. <laughs> so what makes me think I could do it? Mm -hmm. Because we can do whatever we want. I mean, these publications do have editors, and it's their job to help make the quality, like at least meet the low bar at minimum that the publication expects. But if you are really nerding out on ranked choice voting or something, you might be the local expert. If you're thinking about writing an article, you might be the best person to do it, actually. Mm, that's good. That's the quotable right there. So what are you nerding out about lately? Anyone listening to this, think about that to yourself. And is there an article about it you can just share? I like that. I don't have to write every article ever. If not... You can think about writing it. I like that. And what strikes me is like where the bar is for local expert. Like 
I believe 100% that you're the local expert on ranked choice voting. Because I know enough about ranked choice voting to know that people don't understand it. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And after I wrote the article, I found a group of people. And so now there's like 10 of us at this level where we get it and we're advocating for it. But I'm like one of the top 10 at that point still. Sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there are details of it that I know, details other people know that I don't know. And like we're all specialists in different nuanced details. And together we're stronger. And that's a community too. It's been a lot of fun advocating for that in D.C. That's awesome. That's interesting, the, the the visual that I'm getting in my head. Like, you're over here dancing by yourself, and then you, like, back up, and they're like, oh, shoot, other people are dancing to this same song. And then you look, and you'll be like, look, y'all, we're all dancing. But you're still the lead dancer, and they're the backup. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I got that visual. I like this image. Yeah, I want to give the other the other organizers some credit. I think they're the lead, I, but I found them eventually. I couldn't have found them if I didn't write the article. Probably, I like looked it up. I googled it once or twice. They have a website, but I don't know. It didn't come up for me right away, uh, or it did, but I didn't know how to contact them. And like getting into the breaking into that community is its own barrier. That's unfortunate, right? But you're the lead to me. I mean, you're Casey. They're, they're I mean, they're okay. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I mean, they're okay for what they're doing, but they're not you. So. No shade on what they're doing. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I just posted a link to a talk by Derek Sivers about how the first followers are actually more important than the first leader. Yeah. And uh, it's, a, it's a fantastic talk. It's pretty short, but really amusing. And uh, it makes such a fantastic point. Like, like Casey, you were out there. You were like, you're posting the article. And then all, all these other people show up. And so now I've got this like group of 10. And then those people are you're, you and they are, they are all doing outreach. And they're expanding that group of people that are like up to speed on this stuff and are advocating for it. And so like the, there's this nucleus and it's expanding yeah. and expanding. And each person we get, then they can bring in more people too. And it's, it's a movement. It's growing. I think we'll have it soon. It's well, There's literally already a bill passed in D.C. It's passed a committee, and now it's gone to the bigger committee, you know, the whole process. But there's a, a real bill that's been passed some steps. You might as well do a TEDx. I mean, you might as well. Yeah. Good idea. Like, yeah, yeah. They, they just let anybody do them. I have one. Like, they just give them out. They're like, let Nyota do it. Okay, I'll just, let me have, let me do it. They just, you can do it. You have something to talk about, it's the same, right? It's like the news. You, why not you? So, yeah. you're already talking about it. True. I mean, you get a TEDx, you get a TEDx. <laughs> Look at this, Nyota inspiring us. I'm inspired. Why not me? <laughs> no, no, really. I, like, I'm serious. I, that is not sarc- that is I mean that very sincerely. I'm thinking about all the things I want. <laughs> I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call up Casey later on and go. Okay, you know how to bring ranked choice voting to the government. How are we gonna bring it to another one? And I think about all the other. Yeah. I'm actually trying to bring ranked choice voting to my neighborhood council. I, I pushed through an amendment to our bylaws, uh, which has to be approved by another organization, which I can't seem to get a hold of. <laughs> but like, we're doing it, and why shouldn't we be doing it? Why not us? Why not? Yeah. Oh, I've got resources to share with you. We'll talk later, Damien. <laughs> well, that's also great because like that, that again is going to spread, right? Once, once the local organization's doing it, people start getting experience with it. They're like, oh yeah, we did it for this thing and it worked out great. Now I sort of understand how it works in practice. Why the heck aren't we doing it for the city council and for the governor and like boom, boom, boom. It's yeah. Cool. Ranked choice voting is interesting because like as much as people don't understand it, it's really simple. <laughs> and I think overwhelmingly people need experience with something to understand it. Yeah, yeah. And we have very we have a lot of experience with uh, plurality voting in this country, in, in my country at least. We have almost none with ranked choice voting. I think it's interesting how people get so excited about like presidential elections and that sort of thing, but your life really happens at your local elections. Oh, like, true. Your quality of life ha- is your local elections. Like you're talking about these roads being trash. Well, that's at the local, like, like Biden and, you know, com- like they have nothing to do with that, those potholes all along this road. I think so. People miss that. You're like, those elections are great presidential election awesome but your local elections those are what matter for where you live and i'm like what what, why are people missing that yeah i think it goes back to the news sure that's the part Uh uh-huh darn you news (laughs) right because because national news is leveraged Mm. the national broadcast is made once and broadcast to 300 million people in the country 
uh, local news does not have that leverage. True. Mm, I need to get their social media presence together then. Because <laughs> that's people are listening to Instagram. I'm thinking about everyone's mental model of how change happens too. And I don't think a lot of people have a very developed mental model of what it takes to make change happen. I do a workshop on this actually. And one of the examples I use is for gay marriage in the US. You can see the graph. You can look it up. Um, we'll include in the show notes a picture of gay marriage over time. And it's like one one's place, one, another place, like very small amount, just maybe not even states, like counties or, or some lower level. A little bit of tract, a little bit of tract, a little bit of tract. Eventually, it's so popular that it just spikes and it's a national thing. But along the way, like you might look here from the news that when it became a national thing, that's the first time. That's the first thing you heard about it. But along the way, there was all these little steps, so many little steps, so many groups advocating for it. And the change happened over time. And I also think about the curve of adoption. It's like a bell curve. And like for the iPhone, for example, like some people got it really early and they were really into this thing. Like Palm Pilots were really the earlier edge of smart devices. Some people had that. They're really nerdy. Some people are still holding out on the other end of the bell curve. Like my mom's best friend, she still has a flip phone and she doesn't have any interest in a smartphone. I don't blame her. She doesn't need it, but she's like the laggard, the very far end laggard of on this model. And to get change to happen, you got to start on whoever's going to adopt it sooner and actually get them involved. Like the smaller states, the smaller counties that are going to support gay marriage or whatever the issue is and get them to do it. And then over time, you can get more of the bell curve. But a lot of people think change happens when you get the, the national change all of a sudden. But there's so much earlier than that. So, so, so much. Like years, 30, 40, 50, 100 years sometimes. Yeah, this is like the dance that, that John was talking about that he posted about this. You know, this The first tip. follower, yeah. Yeah, first followers. Right? But you get to be the first leader if you allow it. If you really want change, like you're saying, you know. Instead of looking for someone to follow, <laughs> we get to decide how we want to live. Yeah, the same is true at work. If there's a cultural norm you don't like, you can change it by getting your allies on board and aware of it and socializing it and more and more people and gradually over time and eventually that thing's not happening anymore. Like, I don't know, an example is like eating at your desk over lunch. Not the best social norm. I don't want that places I work, I want people to take a break and rest and be better off afterwards. And so, but you can get it to happen gradually by getting more people to go to the lunchroom or go out of the office. And you can change the culture in the office with enough dedication and time if you put your mind to it. Yeah. But, and, but, you, but we, what we don't get to do is complain about it. Right. <laughs> mm. Whenever I have some kind of conflict, I think about, do I want to accept it and stop complaining or do something about it? Mm. Or I guess the third option is neither, and then I'm just frustrated, and I don't like to choose that one if I can ever avoid it. <laughs> do something, figure out that I can do something, like work on it or accept it, which is kind of like giving up, but it, you you can't do every change you ever think of. No. It's not really giving up. Acceptance does not mean giving up. But it does mean you can put your mind down and focus on other stuff. Yeah, that's triage. That's what that is. <laughs> triage, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That third option is really important because I choose that a lot. And it's important to know that and acknowledge it. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, I've chosen to, I've chosen to be frustrated. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and you, you can, yeah. Sometimes when I choose to be frustrated, then I'm still working on it. I'm working on figuring out if I can do anything or not. I don't know yet. Mm -hmm. For me, it's I'm not willing to do or, or figure out what it is to do. Uh, but I'm also not yet willing to accept it. So mm. I just sure, choose yeah, to be yeah. frustrated. Mm -hmm. And the frustration... If I acknowledge that and recognize that, the frustration can better leave me to go, okay, no. <laughs> like, making the change stinks, <laughs> but mm -hmm. the frustration is worse and lasts longer. So, And then you start speaking from your frustration, which is mm -hmm. even worse. And then it bleeds over. Uh -huh. it, yeah, it bleeds over into other things and because now you're saying stuff like, see, this is what I'm talking about. No. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't see what you're, you know, are we talking about the same thing? Cause I, cause now you're just frustrated all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about again? Are you talking about work? When someone's in that situation, I like to ask them, would you like to be effective at this? Ooh, Ooh that's, that's, that's a shank. <laughs> they might not want to be, they might just want to vent. That's fine. It helps me set my standards too. Like, do they want support or do they want to? They want to bet. I'm going to write that down. 
I mean, it sounds pointy. Here's my blunt side showing. Like I meant it. You can answer yes or no. I'm not. That's why it's a question. I'm not going to give you the obvious answer question. I expect one. Oh, that's good right there. Because I'm just getting to the part where I'm like, do you want me to help or you just want me to listen? Mm-hmm. Because I'll be like, oh, I know the answer to this. And they'll be like, oh, I don't. You always trying to help. First of all, stop talking to me then. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell my friends that? Right. Yeah. Like, don't come to me because I, I just want to help. I, yeah. I got a solution. And if you don't want a solution, don't talk to me. Sure, sure. That's the kind of support you're offering. Yeah. You're offering that that support. And if they want it, great. And if they don't, right. sounds like you're setting the boundary. Good. Right. right. Oh, I, I, don't, I have no, no, I, I have no problems <laughs> setting a boundary. Yeah, no problems. Because the thing is, like, you've, t- you, this is your third time. Like, at some point, you need to either want to do something or, like, quit talking to me about this. Yeah. Right? Like, that part. I'm pretty patient supporting friends like that, but there is a limit to the patience. Yeah, three. That sounds like pretty good. I might even go to six of some people before I start telling them no. Mm. Uh, <laughs> you have to do something or complain to someone else. Yeah. Like, are you going to do something? Are we still talking about this? Like, yeah, some people, some people need the support, but it's not necessarily me. They're going to get it from because I don't have that much energy and time <laughs> to put toward that. Yeah. Yeah, I just think that's important to like, but my friends know that already. Like, don't talk to me about your allergies or don't talk to me about your fitness or you can't fit your clothes. Like for me, I don't buy new clothes because I can't fit them, right? I I won't allow Some myself do. Uh-huh. to do that. Yeah, so- I'm sorry, buy clothes you can't fit? No, I don't buy new clothes because I can't fit my old ones. Ah, okay. Right? I only buy new clothes because I want new clothes. Mm -hmm. Right? I I put that around myself like it's not because I don't want to go outside and walk or, you know. But then I don't allow myself to get too thin in the other direction either because that means I'm doing something- that's probably not that healthy, like not eating real food. I will just eat potato chips and that's it. <laughs> so, so I have to like, if it's too far to the left or to the right, then I know that I'm doing something that's not healthy. So I gotta, I gotta reel myself in. I don't have any other checkers, right? I'm my own self checker, right? Like I don't have a spouse that's going to be like, Hmm, I'm genius. Look a little snug. Like I don't, I don't have, I, I don't have it. It's just. Well, what I'm hearing though is like it's gonna be. You set a high bar for checking people, so for somebody to check you, they're gonna have to be really insightful and not candy coated. I don't like candy. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Direct. Yeah, because I don't need a bunch of like, oh, Nyota. How are you today? You're right. You don't really have to. When you be like, oh, so I heard what you said about that. I don't think that that's not right. Right. Or, or wh- however, however the check comes, like however yeah. it comes. But I want that because I, I know I'm not right about everything. I know that. And I don't pretend to be like all knowing. So I just want somebody to kind of reel me in sometimes. Like reel me in. Please reel me in. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'll just keep, I'm a habitual line stepper, you know what I'm saying? Because now I'm just going to keep on, you know, seeing what you're going to let me slide with. Like, even as a kid, my mom was like, you're always everywhere. Like, you're always, like, we could never find. I was the kid that, why they came out with those harnesses for kids. (laughs) That's What an image. (laughs) Yeah. I'm that kid. Because I just want to see, I want to go look. I want to go, what's over here? Like, what's around? Are you going to let me slide? Are you going to let me say that? What else you going to let me slide with? Like. That it's that. So that's why they created those harnesses for kids, for kids like me. <laughs> your your bio says your firm thrives at the intersection of cybersecurity and employee wellness. What's the intersection of cybersecurity and employee wellness? I was just gonna ask that. I wanna know. I think it's resi- it's resiliency. Mm. It's, yeah. So cybersecurity is that resiliency within organizations, right? And then that wellness of people is that resiliency that's it within humans. And so when those 
two come together, it's a healthier, I can't say fully healthy, it's a healthier uh, work environment. Because when we get to show up to work healthy, you know, resilient, drinking water, getting rest, being able to have emotional intelligence, social intelligence, you know, all of those things are, you know, what I count as, you know, being resilient. And then when you can show up to work that way, then you're not showing up to negatively impact the network because you're not focused, you're not paying attention, you're clicking on every link because it looked like, I mean, it seemed fine, right? But it, but had you been like you had like one moment of awareness to pause, you would see, oh, this is not right. Like when I put my mouse over that, I see that the link at the bottom is not where I'm supposed to be going. Right. So that place is, is resiliency at work. And that is an extremely advanced view of security because, because maybe it's from your time as an officer, uh, but the traditional, the, the, the general view of security is it's this wall you put up, right. And you make the wall really secure make the wall really strong and really tall and that way you keep everything out. It's like, well, no. Anybody anybody who has gone to office training school knows right. about defense in depth. Right. Knows you can't maintain any particular perimeter indefinitely. Um the French <laughs> found that out and on, on, on to much of their chagrin. <laughs> um, Oopsie. That's that's a Manuel line reference. That's right. not that's not news. <laughs> <laughs> To, to to go all the way to like and I, and I see I see where you're, where you're going with this. Phishing emails don't work on people who are calm and relaxed when nothing's urgent. Yes. Where they can go, where they can stop and think and have that have that wherewithal and that energy and that reserve. Right. Even at home. Right. As you know, especially how all of these, you know, scams are on the rise, um, you know, Navy Federal, IRS, you know, all kinds of people. And so if you're just one moment aware, you're like, wait, have I ever engaged my bank in this way? Mm-hmm. Right. Like ever. Have they ever called me and asked me for my six digit? Like they called me and I didn't call them. Like, I just think if you just take a like a breath. And I think part of being resilient is being able to take more breaths. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Ooh, I like that line. Yeah. We, we know that, you know, one of the biggest vulnerability to cybersecurity posture, um, anything that happens is, is people because we are, we are normally, you know, that vulnerability. We're normally that weakness in the network because we are human. So anything that we get to do to, you know, reinforce ourselves, gird ourselves up, it's always going to have a positive, you know, second, third, fourth order of effects. How does how does upper management react to that when you come in and say, uh, we're going to improve your cybersecurity, give your employees more days off? <laughs> so this is so I'm actually new having this conversation within leadership, but they already have leadership corporations, they already have this structure in place, just haven't heard anyone tie it together, like specifically to their cybersecurity posture. So there's already a lot of wellness initiatives. You know, you can talk to counselors. So we, I think we already have these initiatives in place, but they're just kind of ethereal. They're just kind of out here. But to say, now tie that not just to our bottom line because employees are less willing to have turnover, but let's tie it to the security of the network because our employees are aware and they're more vigilant. And so it's just kind of helping them to see the work that we're already doing within corporations. We get to laser focus that into a, a place. Hmm. I like that this gives way to measuring the outcome of those programs too. You can met, you can correlate it to yeah, instead of like outcome. oh we're happy at work we're skipping and holding hands down the hallway well that may not necessarily be what you want but you do want less infractions you know on the network you know more opportunities to you know be successful by not having to spend so many man hours undoing you know cybersecurity risk. I want to zoom out. I want to go meta with you. You're helping them become more resilient. 
how do you make sure your changes there are resilient? Like when you leave, they persist. Like you can Mary Poppins out mm, and they're still good. the way they were that's before you arrived. Um, so during the time that we work together, they also buy like a bundle of, you know, coaching. So they have the opportunity to come back for like where I do like, hey, y'all, it's time for the refresh. Right. And not in a lame way. Like I'm actually creating um, workshops now and there it involves coloring books. Right. Because when we were in Afghanistan, Iraq and all the places we colored and mm. I just feel like coloring saves lives. Like, and when I'm saying people, I'm talking about like mine because it is very like calming and not those crazy ones that are really small and you have to have a pencil. I'm talking about a, a, a fifth grade coloring book, right? Like with big pictures where it's relaxing and you're talking amongst your peers. And so it, it, it involves that, you know, setting them up with skills to be able to like, well, make sure like if you do nothing else, make sure you're playing the gratitude game in the mornings. What is a gratitude game? So I play this game with myself. Um, every morning when I wake up, I say three things that I'm grateful for, but it can't be anything that I've ever said ever before. Mm-hmm. Right. So I play this game. So it's always making you search for the gratitude, always looking for that shiny light. You know, there's always a, a better today, a better tomorrow. And so even if there's something as that and drink water, because there's a lot of things that happens when you're dehydrated. Right. There's a lot of clarity that doesn't happen when you're thirsty. And so even if it's just those two things and reminding people to, you know, just those two things have even had a, an, a, an impact on my life. Right. Like, do you see my skin popping? Like, do you? <laughs> I'm just saying water is your friend. <laughs> So just those, just kind of even a, a pop in, a retraining, you know, hey, remember, you know, you know, remember sleep, you know, remember relaxing, remember get up and walk around your cube. And the filter water is so much better. It tastes so much better than bottled water. I'm just, I'm just, it's better. I'm holding up my filtered water pitcher here. I keep it at my desk while I work if I'm on a lot of calls in a row. Yeah. I can it's, go through and, water. And that's why you're alert. Like you don't, people don't, I don't think people understand that being dehydrated, you know, really makes you lethargic. And you're like, are they talking? I see their mouth moving. I can't pay attention. What is happening? What is that? You know, and, and being dehydrated, it's not good. Don't do that. Just, just, just take a little sip of water. You hear me talking about water. Just take a little sip of your water. Go get some water. <laughs> if you're listening, get some water. <laughs> <laughs> Reminders help. I'm going to post one of my favorite Twitter accounts, oh, selfcare.tech, and they do a water nice. reminder probably every day, something like that. So I'll just be on Twitter and I'll be like, oh, yeah, thanks. Uh, see, we can we can turn media, social media even to our good. Yeah, we can find some benefit. But we uh-huh. get to decide, you know, and I think that's another thing that people don't like. They negate the fact that you get to decide. You get to decide where your life is or isn't. You get to decide what you're going to accept or not accept. You're going to decide if I work at this job is for my greater good or not. Right? You, we get to decide that. You've already created your life up to this point. So what does it look like later? You, we've created this life that we have. And if people you know, take responsibility for that, like, who do you get to be tomorrow? Who do you get to be today? You know, and, and the thing is, we always get what we ask for. So I'd been asking for a, a bold community. I've been asking for um, a community that pushes and pulls me. And, and you know, here comes Casey. Here comes Andrea. You know, here comes, you know, you guys. And I'm like, I think that's so interesting. Like, we, we do get what we ask for. It sounds like you're manifesting the world around you. I like yeah. that word. I don't even mean it in like a metaphysical, spiritual sense, but even just saying like uh, back when I was an engineering manager and I wanted to become a PM, I told people I wanted to be a product manager. And by telling a lot of people, I got a lot more opportunities than I would have. Yes. Telling people was very powerful for that. And in my, you know, Christian iota way, like that's what happened, like miracles come through people, right? So give people an opportunity to be your miracle. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
So we've come to the time on our show where we do reflections, which is uh, each of us is going to talk about the things that struck us about this conversation. Maybe the things we'll be thinking about afterwards or the ideas we're going to take forward. Uh, Casey, do you want to start us off? Yeah, I wrote down a quote from Nayota. She said earlier in this episode, a big part of resilience is being able to take more breaths. And I just think that applies anywhere the word resilience applies. And I want to meditate on that over the week I'm right there with you like that is that is really sinking in and in, 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 in applicable in so many ways i love it yeah and, and uh involving taking some breaths while you do that huh <laughs> <laughs> i am really inspired by this conversation the ideas of like you can be the expert you can be the journalist you can be you can be the the first mover the first leader realizing that in my life i'm going to be looking for ways i want to apply that conscientiously got to make sure not to try to apply it everywhere <laughs> but i get to decide and i get to decide who i am and who i'm going to be in this world and what this world is going to be like for me so that's awesome that is good i, li- I like that one too um and along those lines um for me it's like when casey's like i mean i knew this i knew this i knew this i knew this but when someone had created this bundle for you to be able to follow um i really heard when we do things leave breadcrumbs so someone can come behind us and also be able to support right because if you don't like leave some breadcrumbs so i thought that was i heard like she was like i knew these things but she had created this framework for you to be able to do it too and i i I heard like leave some breadcrumbs so i really like that yeah john do you have a reflection for us no i mean really it's the same as casey's uh that that, yeah that that statement is really gonna sit with me uh for a while i like it a lot i'm gonna make a t-shirt of it I love a good t-shirt. Well, Iota, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be amongst so, such caring, intelligent, thoughtful people. So I appreciate you all for having me. 